You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Good morning. Welcome. It's good to see everyone. Hello in the balcony. I'll do my best to dress you as well as I dress down here as well. Did everyone have a lovely Christmas? I don't know about you, I ate very well. We have a tradition in our family that we have uh, not only nice food, of course your turkey and your ham and everything on Christmas Day, but we have several desserts to, to pick from. And as I always say, it's rude not to try a little bit of each, isn't it? So yeah, we ate very well, we had a, we had a lovely Christmas and uh, it's great to be here this morning, great to, to see you all here today. And uh, we're going to take a little, br- uh, little break, a step out of our series. We've been looking at Ephesians, and I've got a uh, different message just to bring to you uh, this morning. But before I share it, I actually just feel the need just to pray once more that God will guide and lead us in this time. Because I don't know about you, it's important that God takes centre stage. Amen. So yes, Lord Father, I just thank you. This morning we've had this incredible privilege already to come together to worship your name, to praise you, to seek you, Father. We've, we just pray in this moment, Lord God. May you come in this time, Father, Lord God. May it be your words that are spoken, Father, through me, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts, you'll speak to our minds, you will address our thinking, Lord God. And ultimately, Lord God, we will be drawn closer to you, Father. We just lift you, we praise you, and we worship you. Amen. Awesome. So, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. I don't have a PowerPoint, so you have to do your best to follow me. Or if you've got your Bibles, great. If you've got your phone with the Bible on it, awesome. Matthew chapter 18, and I'm just going to read from verses 1 to 5. And it says, At that time... The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. And this is going to this just this these few verses are just going to cause the foundation of what I'm going to be sharing this morning. Just a little bit of a backstory: this scenario, this event occurred just after the disciples had heard that Jesus was going to be betrayed. His betrayal was imminent. And if you look at uh, disciples, I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes, or should I say the disciples' sandals. And um, they were followers of Christ. They had walked with him for uh, three years or so. And they had seen many things, seen many miracles, seen this man, this son of God, do incredible feats. Things that I'm sure if we were to witness them with our own eyes, as the disciples were, we would be astounded. They had their minds blown by the wonder of Christ, yet still they had much to learn. And 
The reason I say that is because of the question they asked. Now, if you think about it, the disciples understood who Jesus was. They had just heard from Christ himself that he would be betrayed, he would be killed, but he would also be raised on the third day. Scripture reveals that they were filled with grief and afraid to ask Christ about what he had said. And this scenario that we've just read, this, these few verses, reveals that despite all they had witnessed, they still missed the big picture. And it's all down to the question that they asked. And so the very first thing I want to, to, to look at is that question that they asked Jesus. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now this is not the only scripture that speaks of this. And I'm going to be going bouncing between Matthew and, and Mark. So if you want to turn with Mark chapter 9 verses 33 to 35, we'll look at it from this, uh, from Mark's perspective. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 to 35. It says, They came to Capernaum, and when he, Jesus, was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. There is more in that passage. We will look at, we'll be looking at that a little bit later on. Now, just before I, I delve into this, that first thought, that first question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, for me, struck a chord of me asking, what is it that I ask of God? When I come before him, when I pray before him, when I seek him, what is it that I'm asking? Very, with all the situations we're going through, like we've just we just passed through 2019, and for many of us, our years will look different. Some of us may have had a great 2019. Some of us may have had a very difficult, or there may have been a mixture of both, some good things and bad things. And we pass through situations, we pass through different scenarios that shape our views of the world that we live in, and it can even shape our view of God. And so, quite often, when we come before God, we can ask from that perspective of what we've been through, rather than seek Him and seek His vision, His purpose, His will. The little things often become the big things, because the little things for us are the big things, because we're passing through them, but the big perspective God has, and that's what we should be seeking. So that first question is, when we come before God, what do we ask? What do you ask? And I firmly believe here that even though we've got these few verses that speak incredible truth, the disciples, I believe, came before Jesus and they asked the wrong question. In Mark, they, they weren't asking, they were arguing. And that, for me, is fascinating. They weren't just talking on the road, having a little little question, who do you think is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They were arguing amongst themselves. Who's the greatest? And I often think there's more behind this than what we see in scripture. Maybe they were having a little fight amongst themselves, saying, no, no, I'm the best. I know, I think I'm the greatest. I'm the best follower. No, 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 it's me. 
I often look at, in that passage of Matthew, when they actually ask the question, how did they approach Jesus as they were walking along the road, or as they were settling down? Who, what was their, how was their approach? Did one of them, who was it that asked the question? Did they all ask together? Or did they all pull straws? And the one with the shortest straw came up to Jesus and tapped him on the shoulder and said, oh, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? See, like I said before, the, the disciples have witnessed many things. And they had heard that Christ was going to betray, that he would die. But he also said that he would raise again. And though they were feared, filled with fear and grief, this question may, may stem from that thought of what is to come. That promise that was to come. Disciples... I believe maybe being concerned about their own status. What was in it for them? What will they receive? Who's the greatest? And was their desire that Jesus would say, you know what? You're the greatest. Or you're the greatest. I had a, a moment when I was sitting down reading through this and thinking, what a question to ask. I mean, surely, you know, if you're in, if you're in the kids, kids group, you know that Jesus is always the answer to whatever question the leaders ask. Just say Jesus and you're on to a winner. And so it's like, if they're asking who's the greatest, you know, if I was one of the disciples at the time, well, would I have the courage to stand in the corner saying, Jesus is the greatest? Putting his hand up thinking, yeah, I've got favour now, I've got the right answer. But it's Jesus' answer that fascinates me. We'll look at that shortly. But again, let's come back to the question. What are we asking? And I believe we have to be careful that we do not come before God with our own agenda, with our own desire and wants of what we want to get out of it. And we can do that. And I, I address myself because I've realized I've been, I've been doing this and I'm prone to do this. When I come to God, I come, I come to God and from my little box. Lord, will you do this? Lord, why am I going through this? But what about this? Why, why that? Why not this? And before long, I spent half an hour just praying about what I want God to do rather than actually stopping, allowing him to speak. As I was looking into this passage, it was interesting what different theologians have said about the disciples' perspective. With some stating that they may have had an eagerness, there was an eagerness to, to reign in Christ's kingdom, to, to reign with Christ, but a reluctance to labor and suffer for him at the time. They were thinking of the end goal rather than what was before them. It was an interesting thought to think that. Too often, I can think about what I will see. Oh yeah, we've got, we've got this amazing promise, eternal life with our Savior in heaven. Isn't that a great thing to look forward to? But yet, there's still something I need to do now. 
there's still something I need to learn now. I still need to walk in his steps now, rather than just keep my focus there and neglect where I am. In Matthew 23, verse 12, we see the statement, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. In Jesus' answer, you see how he, he brings up humility. And I believe that his answer would have caused the disciples to evaluate their thoughts and to even evaluate the question that they had just asked. Christ in his response brings an opposite teaching to the world. And this is, this is, this is the point. In evaluating what we're asking, sometimes we can be led out of our own worldly thoughts, of the influence of the world, rather than seeking God's perspective. Worldly men and women, they seek to be first. If you look at the world around us, if you look at businesses, the, uh, or any company, you're, you're striving to become like the, the manager, or then you want to, to go further, become the CEO, maybe. even further and further and further. Quite often, if you see ad, advertisements on the TV, or in newspapers or magazines, is how to better yourself. Are you, uh, you know, do you look like this person? Is this the best? Are you, do you look like this? If not, well, here's ten healthy tips to look like this. You want to grow your business? Here's ten key steps to grow your business and become the best business, to get the most income, to get the most financial gain. We were what, there's a, at Christmas, there's all these programs that appear on TV about um, famous musicians and maybe the life and the legacy that they've left or this actor and what they've done and what they've achieved. And it's interesting looking at this program because you've got an hour program just talking about one person in their life, the journey that they had and everything they've achieved. And I don't know about you, but sometimes those thoughts can creep into our minds, and it can creep into my mind of like, what am I achieving? Will people remember what I've done? And believe you me, I believe that's the wrong perspective to have. Even by living for Christ, we can have the wrong mindset, motive, and ambition. I often, again, I address myself, and I've had that recently, that battle, that challenge of addressing what I'm doing, where I'm at, how I'm living my life. Because often it's like, oh, if I, if I sacrifice for God, then I'll get something out of it. If I, if I give this up and serve God, then I'll get something out of it. But that's not humility. This community is just serving God without wanting anything in return because we already have everything we need. God has already paid the highest price. He's already made a way. He's already paved the journey ahead for us. All we have to do is walk in it. Why do we want anything more when we've already got it?
And in his answer, it's great we've had this baby dedication, because in his answer, Jesus referred to children. He stated, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you change and become like little children. How many of you, when you were children, wished that you were adults? Yeah. Yeah, you kind of wish your life away. It's just like, oh, I wish I, I, wish I could go out and do this. I wish I could go up to the pub and have a little bit of have a little drink, but I'm not old enough. Kind of wish your life away when you're a kid. Oh, you're always telling me off. I don't want to go to my room. I don't want to go to bed at nine o'clock. I want to go to bed at ten. You know, I want to, you know, live a little, have a bit more freedom, a bit more responsibility. But then when you're adults, I don't know if you've had this as adults. Sometimes I'm like, oh, children have got it so good. You know, they've got it all laid out for them. They don't have to any responsibilities. You know, it's all given to them. Here's your pocket money. Oh, they're giving me money. Thank you. It's great. Jesus here, he says, change and become like little children. The thing is, when we become an adult, we, we grow, we understand, we build, we, 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 we gain understanding, we... We learn more, but as we, the more we learn, the more we understand, the more we take in, I find that it's easier to have less dependency on God. If you look at children, and you look at qualities of the children, look how much dependability Hosea has on his parents at the moment. Even as children are a little bit older, can start walking around, can start talking, they still have this innocence about them. They still have this dependency to, when their parents hold out the hand, they take it without asking questions. They just take it. There's this trust. There's this faith. There's this straightforwardness. There's no, I don't see any hypocrisy with a, with a child. What you see is what you get. If they're going to have a tantrum, they're going to have a tantrum. Even if it's the most silly thing, they're going to cry. And they're going to argue until they get their way. But there you go. They're not, they're not moaning in the corner. They're not talking behind people's back. They're just telling you how they're feeling in that moment. They do not strive for honor or power. They are humble. They're trusting. They're loving. They are sincere. In Mark 10, verses 14 to 15, he says, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. How does a child receive something? It's an open question. Thankfully. Yes. How do they act when they receive something? When, you help, when you're going about to give them something, what do they do? They just take it. Do you want this? Yes, I want that. Do you want this? Yes, I want that. You try and take it back, they grip it. No, no, it's mine now. But they take without asking. 
They don't ask a question. They just they give what is freely given to them. We bought this for you. Thank you. They don't. They may not even say thank you. They just take it. When we come before God, when we put our faith in Him, when we trust Him, when we believe in Him, and so we're going to walk for you, He endows us with authority and also the responsibility to live for Him, to walk for Him, to speak for Him, preach His Word. But we have to be careful that we don't misuse this authority that's been given to us. Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but when I look at what Christ says, and not just here, but in quite a lot of his responses, there's a lot of irony there. Because essentially what Jesus is saying is, be wise like children which goes against everything that we would understand in the world. To be wise, you grow up, you learn, you study, you, you, you train yourself, you, you take time out, you, you, you read books and do all, do all the necessary work to, to be wise, to understand, to gain greater understanding. You may go on YouTube to look how people do things and gain more understanding. Oh, I'm a bit wise, but Jesus is saying, actually, wisdom is in childlike state. The more wise we get in our own strength and our own understanding, the less we depend on God, I find. But the more, even despite what we're learning, as we just keep on walking with innocence, with truth, when, he, when God, God says, Here's, here, I have this for you, we just take without asking, we don't ask questions. When we're walking through a situation, we don't say, why? We just say, Lord, I trust you. He holds out his hands, we take it. So we have to evaluate what we ask of God, but then understand and live out childlike qualities. And then thirdly, we need to humbly serve as God's representatives. In Mark chapter 9, verses 36 to 37, it says, He, what Jesus, took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. It's a great example of what I was just sharing a bit earlier. <laughs> He, Jesus, took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. In uh, looking, into, uh, looking into this passage in Matthew and in Mark, in the Aramaic language when which Jesus spoke, the word for servant and child is the same. Child and servant is the same. 
So to be a servant or disciple of Christ, we must become like a child. We must act as a child, in innocence, in trust. Not asking questions, just walking. As God says, go, we go. If God says, wait, we wait. If you're going through a difficult time and you don't understand why you're going through it, instead of asking the wrong question, or instead of asking why, maybe we just need to say, God, what do I need to learn? What are you saying? I know this is difficult for me because I'm walking through it, but your perspective is bigger than mine. Those who make themselves like children, like humble servants, Jesus will make his representatives. It can be so easy, the more we learn, the more we understand of God, to point the fingers at others' mistakes, to bring others down, or even prevent those who are seeking God actually come to him. See, this is this responsibility and the authority Jesus has given us. We must live out humbly, humbly serve him, welcome them, welcome people. Those people who are seeking God, we must welcome them. Not stand on a mantelpiece and look down at them. Say, oh, sorry, you're, I mean, you've got to sort a few things out before you come before God. You need to get your life in check before you come to God. No. My life wasn't in order before I came to God. And I found him, discovered him, and he set me free. So too, we must live accordingly. Someone walks through those doors for the first time that does not know God that is desperate, that is longing, that is seeking. He, that person is a child of God. And instead of tripping them up, we should come alongside them and just help them on their journey. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 to 28, it says... Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If we go back to that first question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In Jesus' answer, he took what they said, flipped it on his head, and basically said, you know, to become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you must be the last. To be the greatest, you must serve as I serve. To be the greatest, you must get your hands dirty, just like Jesus did when he knelt down and he washed the disciples' feet. To be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven means to not live according to the world, but according to everything that Christ did, everything that he said. It's not easy. This life is not easy. With the right posture, rather than the influence of our culture, social standing or worldly influence, 
Just as we have had the privilege, the honor to hold out our hands and receive that which was freely given, we too can show a way whereby God's other lost children can receive the same gift. In just a few verses in Matthew, in the, going back to chapter 18 at the start there, just a few verses, the disciples asking a question and Jesus' response. There is so much to learn, so much to grasp. Don't get lost in this world, in what the world desires of you. Remain as children of God. Do not strive for honour or power. Remain innocent, humble, trusting, loving, sincere. Hold out your hands and he will take yours and he will guide you forward. Even if you don't know where you're going, God does. And that's all that matters. We don't need to know the full picture. God does. He has it in hand. He already knows. we just got to be his children on this earth, walking in step with him. Yes, we may have our own little tantrums, but God understands. Maybe have your tantrum before God. God, I don't understand. Allow God to speak to you. Quite simply, if you're going to take anything from this morning, take this. Reevaluate what you ask of God. What, when you come before God in prayer, what do you, what are you asking? What is that question that you're, you're wanting an answer for? Remain humble like children are. And be willing to serve. Just as Christ did. We had our, um, AGM not too long ago. Our great mill as well. And, um, in that, we had a vision for this year ahead. Is that we want to see more people come to know of God. We want to see salvation coming into people's lives. We want to see people walking through those doors that have never walked into a church before. And they meet God. They experience Him. They come through that door like children, curious. Another quality of a child. They're curious. Just, what is this all about? And as his children, already, as we come alongside them and just walk next to them, we serve them, we help them. 2019, I don't know about you, in your 2019, for me, my 2019 has been a bit like this. But you know, tomorrow is a new day. 2020 is a new year. With God, all things are possible. We've been singing songs about our God, giving Him adoration, giving Him praise. His promises won't stop now. Breakthrough is coming. Goodness of God. God is good. Good, it seems such a small word. In this upcoming year, I don't make I don't make resolutions because um, I know I, I, I give myself a resolution I would never fulfil. 
It's like going to the gym and then not going. Some people are very good at it. Some people are very good at it. But for this upcoming year, I just want to learn again what it is to be a child of God. To not ask the wrong questions, to not just come to God with my own perspective and my own understanding and my own logic and my own reasoning, but actually just come before Him and allow Him room to speak. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.